Hey folks, before we dive into this episode, we want to acknowledge, you know your time is valuable. And I think if you're like most people, you spend a lot of time typing the same things over and over. And it just doesn't have to be this way. And that's why we're glad that Text Expander is a sponsor of the One Thing Podcast. With Text Expander, you can use abbreviations to expand simple things like your phone number, addresses, or more complex things like forms and fill-in fields for emails and message replies. Text Expander will work on all your computers so you can expand snippets when you're in the office or working from home. And if you'd like to learn more about how to boost your productivity by typing more things in less time, you can also check out the free webinars that they have each month at textexpander.com slash webinar. As a listener to the One Thing Podcast, you can visit textexpander.com slash podcast and get 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year. This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. Do you ever find yourself going through the motions, operating as if you're on autopilot? Sometimes we get so used to the way things are that we forget to imagine the potential for the way things could be if we set our mind to it, if we asked the big questions and took the time to search for those answers. As a result, we settle into what's comfortable in exchange for what's possible. But spoiler alert, folks, no one achieves greatness on autopilot. So many people are living their lives by default instead of living their life by design. And if that's you, there's no shame around it. This is about raising your awareness because when you go through life by default, you're committing to something ordinary. You're choosing good enough when a life of impact, a life of legacy, a life of abundance that could be available to you is not. And in this week's episode, we'll revisit the tools that make your extraordinary life possible. What you'll hear in today is the first of a two-part episode from a keynote that Jay Papazan and I delivered at the Keller Williams Family Reunion Convention. We're gonna dive deep into why goal setting to the now matters. And we'll revisit the models that make accomplishing big goals possible and we'll unpack the limiting beliefs that could be stopping you. As you go through this, if you feel like you would like to take action and implement what we are talking about, we would encourage you to head over to theonething.com slash set my goals. That's theonething.com with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash set my goals. And you can learn more about how you can actually start implementing the frameworks that we talk about. With that, let's get into part one of the keynote Jay Papazan and I delivered on how billionaires set goals. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. 
Welcome to How Billionaires Set Goals. Yeah. My name's Jeff Woods. I get the pleasure of working with this guy every single day, turning the one thing into a movement that hopefully helps you better invest your time. And I get to be the co-author of the book. That's my job, right? I get to write with Gary and get to help lead the team that's doing all the education for KW. So huge privilege to work with this guy, though. He's built a business from scratch. Very proud of you. Thank you. All right. So, Jay, why are we, why are we here today? So one of the things that we chat about when we ever we present these materials, I don't think anybody needs another way to set goals. I mean, Franklin Covey, there's a million people that have gone out there and done it. And I think the, the problem that we're discovering, the challenge that we're discovering, is that people... Lots of us have goals that we set them all the time. What we don't have is a great way to stay in relationship with them. And we date them, go on a couple of dates, and we move on to the next one, right? And we're, we're far too attached to being single on this life journey when it comes to goals, when we really should be building a long-term relationship because when you really study the most successful people in the world, the Gary Kellers, right, the people who really are making an impact, it didn't happen overnight. It happens over time. And it takes a long-term commitment to break through all of those barriers along the way. I mean, what does he say today? Is this his 40th year in real estate? A little bit longer? 42. Right? And each year, he's made a little bit of incremental step farther and farther and farther. And you show up today and, I mean, just look at this room, and this is a fraction of this convention, the impact that you can have. So let's not walk out of here saying, hey, that's awesome. I set new goals. How billionaires set goals, right? That's the theme here. How Gary does it is that when you truly say yes, you make a much bigger commitment. I knew, right, when I said I do to my wife, I was actually saying I don't to everybody else. Does that make sense? So some yeses are much bigger than that. They're a no to everything else. And that's a huge, deep commitment. So when you're taking that next step, you're making that next big commitment to your life, think of it like a relationship. Your longest best friend, your spouse, whoever that is number one for you, that didn't happen overnight. You're going to invest in it and you're going to grow with it. That's what we need more of. And that's what we're going to try to give you all today. Gary was teaching a class at KW. He was talking about the 411. And he says, it's kind of crazy. People set a goal for the year, but then they don't allow it to change their behavior. When you go on a date, how many of you have ever been in a romantic relationship ever? Let me see hands. Cool. After the first date, whether you realize it or not, you set a goal. You altered your behavior. You started thinking about them. You started communicating with them more frequently. You started lining up other dates. And like with all relationships, when things went off the wheels or the wheels came off, did you change your behavior to try to get back on track? That's what Gary said. He goes, it's kind of futile to set the goal if you're not going to allow it to help you live the purpose of a goal. What do you think the purpose of a goal is? To achieve it? Mm -hmm. It's about who you become on the way. It's about how you be appropriate in the moment. This is particularly appropriate for big, long-range goals. right? If you set a goal to go from wherever you are today to be number one in your market, it's probably not going to happen in the next three months. Right, But what we struggle with is I have a goal to go from 25 transactions a year to 125. How do I behave this week? And so what he's trying to emphasize, Jeff's emphasizing, is a goal sets your behavior. And how we translate that 
I want to be this someday. How do we translate that to how we behave right now walking out of this room? That's the gap, and that's what the goal is for. And I've asked Gary this. You've seen me ask him. Like, how often do you achieve your goals? And he's like, almost never. Almost never. Why is that? Because the moment he finds he's ahead of goal, he raises the goal. And I'll, I'll put a tweak on that. There's two things. If he's ahead of goal, he raises the goal, and that changes his behavior. But the moment the behavior becomes ingrained to hit the goal, like based on what I'm doing, I know it's going to happen. He raises the bar because it's really about changing who he is. It's about becoming, reaching out to become the person he's potentially able to be. He's trying to tap into that. That was actually one of my favorite parts of the Kobe video in there. Yeah. Right? You've got to out-train your potential. Hmm. And that idea of trying to reach for that, to try to be the best we can be in at least one area of our life, that's what this is all about. Yeah. So let's reflect back on the types of goals that we actually set. And based on that, ask, how is this serving me? You know, when, when we look at goal setting, it's a combination of asking a question and searching for an answer. If you ask a small question, you search for a small answer. Mm -hmm. You ask a big question, you search for a, a big answer. What most people do when they set goals is they ask the question, what do I want to accomplish this year? And based on their current skill set, their current comfort zone, their current mindset, they search a certain distance and they set a goal that is doable. Because deep down, they thought the purpose of the goal was to achieve the result, not to alter their behavior. Many of you in this room, how many of you consider yourselves to be high achievers? Yeah. You stretch yourself. You go to that outer edge of your skill set, your comfort zone, and you set a stretch goal. And guess what? You are successful for that reason. And we are here to push you to think bigger. This is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Not okay, not average, not good, extraordinary. You ask a question that is so big that it requires you to search for a big answer that you are going into a world of possibility because it's not about whether or not you hit the mark. It's about who you become along the way. It informs how you become appropriate in the moment. So let's take a few seconds and just think, where do my goals live currently? Are they in the doable range? Are they in stretch or are they in possibility? I think it's interesting. We've been talking a lot about this on a business level, is that organic, incremental increases, right? I did 100 this year. I can do 110. Those are all doable. Maybe they're even stretch. But to be truly disruptive in business, you've got to be in the possibilities category, right? You've got to ask that question, how do I double it? How do I triple it? And we see people every year. I chatted with a woman um, this morning who came out of this session, and just because she switched to a paper 411, her business grew by 40, 49% year over year. That was not like a, a small change, right? That was a, not an organic change. It wasn't 5% growth or 10% growth. It wasn't any of those safe things. It was a poss- she changed her possibilities, and it, was a, it took a lot less than people think. So I think the reason people are afraid to ask that question is we imagine that it's a lot more than it might be. Sometimes very small changes that you make a lifestyle change and you do that every single day, that 1% difference every day adds up to more than you can imagine that year. 
This is worth writing down, by the way. Think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall. Oh, you made that rhyme. Yeah. How about them apples? I thought you were saying write down what I said, not what about what you were about to say. I was like, yes. That was good. Think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall. That's what this graph represents. Think big beyond what you think is possible because based on that, you are going to go so small that you identify the lead domino. The two-inch domino that is so small that effortlessly with the flick of a finger, it falls. But because you began with the end in mind and worked it all the way back, you understand that when you become, become the type of person who knocks that domino down day, After day, after day, after day, over time, what happens? Right now, um, within our community called Living Your One Thing, we're doing a 66-day challenge. And I'm in, the, I'm in a text group with about 10 people where every single person is on a 66-day challenge to check their 411 before they check their email. To check their priorities before they check... That? Yeah. Check their 411 before they check their email. To How check- many of you, if we're being honest, the first thing you check every day is your email or your text messages, right? Yeah. I think that's what a cool, that's a great one. Because when you just look at your priorities before you look at everyone else's, you begin to train your mind. For dramatic effect, I'm just going to do this. That until your one thing is done, everything else is a distraction. Yeah. I wasn't even playing. Well, it goes back to that idea. If you don't know what you're saying yes to before you start your day, you won't be able to say no to the distractions, right? So just remind yourself what is important to you so that that becomes the beacon for you to say no to everything else. I've now seen three different spaces where Gary had his office going back to 2000. And in every one of those offices, usually on like one of those things that you would, like a, you would put a Bible in a church, right? It's a little metal holder for a book holder or maybe music. Um, he'll have written out by hand in Sharpie, until my one thing is done, everything else is a distraction. And so as long as I've known him, that statement has lived in his view in one of his offices. And if you ever get a chance to come to KBRI and tour, you'll see it. It's there. It's always there. Yeah. So let's talk about how we actually live this. We said earlier, the world does not need a new way to set goals. They need a way to have a relationship with them. When you have a relationship with your, with your goals, folks, you stop spending time, you start investing it. There is a difference because there's an expectation of a return. And this is what we refer to as a productive system. How many of you have ever thought, okay, there's goal setting now, there's a GPS, a 411, time blocking, 66-day challenge. How the heck does all this flow together? So this is it. And it's funny, like we had a group of people we were working with for a year, and the very first time we masterminded with them, we've been working with them a year This is the question they needed to have solved first. So I get it. You're not alone. This is actually, these are a lot of moving parts. They actually work together really well. We'll just take a minute here to show you how they work in concert. So understand you do not have to do 
all of these things. You can start with one. This is how they flow together. So every fall, we host a couple's goal-setting retreat. And what we have people do is go out someday from now and cast a vision. What do you want your life to look like someday from now? Then based on that vision, they then get to look backwards and ask, okay, where do I need to be by the end of the next five years to feel like I'm on track for someday? By the way, do you think those two questions are easy to answer? No. And the reason most people don't have that clarity is because they hit a wall called, I don't know. And they stop searching. But not you. You understand that you can hit that wall and that's where your mind normally shuts down and you must search. So we set someday. It helps us get clarity on five years. And once we have that, we can ask, where do I have to be by the end of this year to be on track for five years? This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass lets you learn from the best with exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. With over 75 different instructors across tons of categories, there's literally something for everyone. I sat down and took a few classes right off the bat. First, Bob Iger, who's the CEO of Disney, taught a class on business strategy and leadership. I went through a class that Howard Schultz, the founder of Starbucks, taught on business leadership. Now, Amy and I are looking at taking a class by Thomas Keller on cooking techniques with vegetables since we're looking to go more plant-based. The thing that I really appreciated is getting access to people who are at the top of their game. For example, I loved seeing how Bob Iger structures his days, how he gets clarity on his most important priorities and has time blocked for those things. This is a peek inside the minds of just some really smart people to help you be even more productive in the areas that matter to you. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass. And as a one thing listener, you get 15% off the annual all access pass. Go to masterclass.com slash one. That's masterclass.com slash O-N-E for 15% off masterclass. That's when it starts to get easier. We can start to hit a stride there. Then we use, if you, how many of you are business owners? Okay. Then we use a GPS or a 135 to create clarity and alignment of our priorities. And that's simply a one-page business plan. And it forces you, and you're not allowed to go to eight-point type, right? It forces you to really, really say, what is my number one, my number two, maybe as many as four or five priorities, but you really don't have space for more than that. It forces you to line up the priorities that really matter for that year and focus on them. And what's really cool about it, we can go into that more depth, is like, it's just one page. And it's the front of that page. So it's easy for you to remember. And you could draw it on a napkin for someone. It's not like you're trying to get a loan from a bank for your business kind of business plan. It's very simple and it's very practical. And how many of you feel like you might struggle to get all of the priorities onto one side of one page? Let me see, let me see hands. It seems challenging, right? To put it in some context... We've been going into Fortune 100 companies and taking a 20-page business plan down to one page. If we can do it for them, we can do it for you. (laughs) Promise. Once you understand where the team is going, what the priorities are, what the order of priority is, every person on that team now has to understand, based on that vision, what are my priorities? And that's how the GPS flows to the 411. The GPS just says who owns each thing. 
And each person takes the things with their name and transfers it to their 411 so that they can have a relationship with that goal. This is what I got to deliver this month, this year. Therefore, here's what I got to do this month. Therefore, here's what I do this week. And once you know the handful of priorities, not everything, the handful, it could be one thing. Hold on, before you go to the next step, I want to just pause there. How many of you have not used a 411? Okay, so it's not as small, just for you people, like this is actually, you have your someday goals, you've worked backwards to your annual goals. This now becomes your personal dashboard that you can look at and carry around. Like I told you, the woman who shared with me 49% growth just for printing it out and keeping it with her, right? She literally went on a date every single morning with her goals. But you got to look at it and it has your year, your month, and your week right there. You've taken that someday and brought it down to how do I act this week? And it's just a handful of things. That's the clarity you get with a 411. And so we've got it down to, from this really distant thing, down to the handful of things that actually matter this week to put you on track for your month, your year, your five-year, your someday. That's how all of that collapses back and forth. So now I have those five things. What do I do with them? time block them. What you got clarity on by doing a 411, folks, is your 20%. The 20% big rocks that generate 80% of the results. That's what you block first. Then everything else, all the 80% stuff, I'll just show you. It goes on the back of your 411 or a to-do list, which means I have to make a conscious choice if I want to look at the distractions in my life I have to consciously choose to unclip it and flip it over. And something magical happens because when you write it down or type it out, you give your mind permission to let it go. Let it go, let it go. Don't distract me anymore. (laughs) Thank you. I love that. I mean, Gary always separated the two. And I just remember our first few, you were writing your tasks and stuff and your to-dos on the front. I was like, no, don't even allow your brain to see them in the same space. They're completely separate things. When you've done your 20% stuff and you find yourself with extra time, that's when you tackle all the little things. And that's always the conflict. And we fight it every day. I can tell you, I fight it a lot of days because the bigger your life becomes, the more of those 80% things that start lining up. And they're all screaming the loudest, I guarantee you, because you get the satisfaction of checking them off and you can make that list shorter and it makes you feel better. There's lots of reasons that we want to go to that side first, but the goal here is to keep them out of sight, out of mind until your 20% is done. That's right. And let's be clear, folks. How many of you are going, but what about everything else? What about all the emails? What about all the client fires? What about all the administrative work? It has to get done. We're not saying don't do those things. We're saying become the type of person who has clarity on their priorities, ensures that they're on your planner and your digital calendar, and that you address those things first. Gary says like, his goal is to win the day by noon. He just has blocks of time in the morning to accomplish whatever the top priorities are so that in the afternoon, he can be more spontaneous. He does check email. He's actually fairly responsive. It's surprising. And he uses those gaps in time, right? 
between meetings and other things to do it. But when we're on focus, we're on focus, folks. He's very clear when we're on priority time. Yeah. And he gets, I mean, a bajillion emails, and he answers almost all of them personally. So every day, you think you get a lot of emails, right? So another great strategy for that stuff, if it just really is eating your lunch and making you uncomfortable, batch some times. I time block a little time over lunch. I stand up and eat my lunch in my office whenever I can, and a little bit at the end of the day, like 30 minutes, and I just play a game. How much can I get done in this 30 minutes? But if you don't set a little timer, it's like a time machine, (laughs) right? The game, you lose that game. So you can time block 80% stuff after your 20% stuff. And what I love about it, you just batch it. I'm only going to do emails and I'm only going to give myself 20 minutes. And how many can I rock out right now? And what you'll end up doing is you'll tackle the ones that actually matter most. And I wish I was more disciplined and would unsubscribe from all the other ones. I just delete them, which means I'm wasting some effort there. But you just get through it and you get to the important stuff first. Yeah. So let's recap. How billionaires set goals is they cast a big vision, acknowledging that the purpose of it is to be appropriate in the moment. So they better invest their time by having a relationship with their goals. And as a result, they achieve extraordinary results. These are the models that get you there. Now, do you think the expectation is you walk out of this room and you set someday five-year, one-year goals, a GPS, a 411, and time block it perfectly every week? No. How many things do you think we want you to do walking out of here? (laughs) To start. One to start. And until you knock that one thing down, what is everything else? If you can really grasp that, You fast forward a year and you're in this class next year and you'll be coming up to us saying the things that many of you have already said. Mm -hmm. Your life will change. And why are we even doing this, folks? Every single one of us at some point is going to wonder why we are here. And the reality for so many people is they focus on their productivity. They focus on the actions they take and the results that they get. And when they don't have the results that they desire, they tell themselves they're going to work longer and harder, but they cheat themselves out of what it means to live a life. You can't actually be productive if you don't have a sense of priority. What matters most? It's tough to know what matters most if you don't have a sense of purpose. Why you're here, what your values are, and ensuring that the actions you take on a daily basis are lined up with your values. So to swing through that, the difference between activity and productivity, when you're doing activity that's around your priority, it becomes productivity. Does that make sense? Because there are days I know, like you you go home and you're lathered in a sweat because you did a lot of stuff, but that stuff doesn't amount to much. But I can also tell you on the days that I know when I do, I go in and I knock out my number one, I may not even have to be very productive for the rest of the day. And I'll still say that was a great day because I know I did the thing that mattered most, the thing that maybe I wanted to avoid the most. And the best indicator of what that one thing is, your priority is, it's your sense of values, it's that purpose. So these things, whether you know it or not, you are identifying priorities And you are being productive around them. You just may not have articulated them. I believe that firmly. 
And when you grasp control of identifying the things that matter to you most, and you can then consciously identify priorities that line up with them rather than just hoping for the best. But a lot of the people I find that are distracted or they're changing and all the time, their priority, right, might actually be to give themselves some slack. And they're just not conscious of it. So just go ahead. It's like this is a great way for us to dive in a little deeper and find out what it means to be truly productive, identify our real priorities that stem from something a lot deeper. It's something we did last year, and I'd, I'd just be curious. If, if you set goals, please stand up. Do us a favor. Remain standing if and only if when you set your goals, you set them with the people that have a stake in your success. Your significant other, your partner. Wow, that's actually a really great percentage. There were like three people standing last time. So it was two years Yay. ago. It was two years ago. That's two, awesome. Two years ago, we asked that question. Everybody stood up when we asked how many of you set goals. And when we asked how many of you set them with that person that has a stake in your success, business partner, significant other, every person in the room sat down except for four people, and we were two of them. (laughs) And it was this aha, because we had just done our first couples goal setting retreat. And it was this thing like, oh my gosh, we set these goals every year, and then we wonder why we're not aligned with the people who we care about most. It's because they weren't involved in the process. It doesn't mean that their goals match ours. It's about having clarity so we can support one another. And so one of the things that we, have, we did at this, at this last retreat is we realized nobody can truly be productive or have a sense of priority if they don't have a sense of purpose. So we wanted to walk them through an exercise that would actually give them clarity on what their values really are. And what you see up here are our values. On the left, you have J's. Walk through what that means to you. So um, this value thing, I, I'm going to credit um, Essentialism, the book. Brene Brown? Or- no, Brene Brown was the next stage, but originally it was Essentialism by Jeff McCown. And really, at the end of that book, um, he talked about what do you say yes to and what do you say no to? And he said one of the exercises he had done is identified his top three values And anything that wasn't a nine out of 10 on those three things, he had to say no to it. And I love that. And what was funny is I ended up meeting over the course of like the next few months, a person who had sold their house, another person who had sold a multi-million dollar business because they had read the one thing and then read essentialism and did this exercise and realized that their incredible productivity did not actually align with their values. And they decided then to change tax and move in a different direction. So I did the exercise, and what I know is most important to me, the thing that I can't fail at is being a husband and a father. So a lot of the motivation I get is very cheesy, I think, in a lot of ways, but if I know that I'm showing up every day, every day as the best person I can be, I can look my kids in the eye and ask them to do the same. I can look my wife in the eye and hopefully still be earning her respect, which I think I owe her after 20 years, and not take that for granted. Because to me, losing in those relationships is worse than anything else for me. So that's my number one. I want to have an impact. I want the things that I do to matter. And the bigger the impact, the more excited and the more encouraged I'll be. You understand the chills I got when a lot of you stayed up? Because I feel like that might be resonating from these couples goal-setting retreats. That some of that message is getting out. That tapping into the people that matter most to share that, that's a big deal. That's impact. I love that. And then abundance. 
I want to create more of it in the world, and that could be financial, and it could be other things. But when those three things line up, I'm 100 miles an hour going in that direction. And what's really cool is not many things line up that way, which allows me to say no to a lot of other things that are distractions. But that's what those values mean to me. And I did, what about the, you? I did the same exercise where we have these domino cards and just really quick round one, you just, does this matter to me? Yes, no, yes, no. And just separate the piles and you keep narrowing it down and down and down. And to get very clear on this for me was interesting because I didn't quite understand why certain things that I did just jazzed me. Somebody came up earlier and asked, how do you live your purpose? How do you um, fuel your purpose and keep it top of mind? And I said, you're about to see it. You're about to watch it happen. That's the party pumping thing? That's number two, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know when this is happening, having a conversation with you and seeing that moment that your mind goes, oh, that's it for me. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm living my purpose right now. Now that I see these things, it's about looking at all the things. How do I line up more of what I do with why I do it? Well, there you have it, folks. The first half of our keynote on how billionaires set goals. The one thing that comes to mind after listening to this episode is a quote in the One Thing book from Richard Brault, who said, we are kept from our goal, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to a lesser goal. So many people go through their lives setting goals for the year, having a sense of the result that they want to achieve. But because they're thinking big and we're never taught how to go small, the dominoes do not fall. And that's what we mean by a path to a lesser goal. Being able to have that big vision for your life, but being able to work it backwards to the point that you can understand this is the one thing, that lead domino that's two inches tall, that effortlessly with the flick of a finger, if I just knocked that down today, would automatically put me on track for where I wanna be by the end of this week, which puts me on track for my month, which puts me on track for my year, which puts me in alignment with my five-year goals, which automatically shows me that I am on track for being where I wanna be someday from now. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would make achieving extraordinary results easier or unnecessary? Take a minute after the episode and really think about that question. Search for the answer. The life you desire is within your reach. You just need to think big, go small, and trust that dominoes will fall. If you'd like to lock arms with us and have us shepherd you on this process, head over to theonething.com slash setmygoals and learn more there. Next week, we will release part two of How Billionaires Set Goals. So if you are not currently subscribed to The One Thing Podcast, when you click that button on your player of choice, it will automatically ensure that you receive that episode next week. And while you're at it, would you leave us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice? It, it genuinely helps us reach more people, which increases the impact that we can make because together we're on this journey to help people better invest their time by having a relationship with their goals so they can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.